Hi guys, it's Jill, and welcome back, or welcome to the Jet Real Podcast, the podcast where I, your host, Jill Trees, just uh, talk about the things that are going on in my life as a, an aspiring psychology student, equestrian, and, um, wow, all of the things that I want to say are swear words, and I'm still not sure where I stand on that, because I feel like there are children that listen, but at the same time, uh, I swear. <laughs> um... Okay, well, you know, I'm a person. That is the third attribute that I will list. Okay, <laughs> roll the music. <laughs> okay, so now that we got that bad boy out of the way, um, and my cats have um, appeared to stop running, hey! I'll, I will I will throw you outside if you don't stop. Um, they just they are so calm every single time until I decide to record, and then they just lose their minds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back and ready to mingle. Uh, <laughs> I took a brief intermission because my cats were seriously frustrating me. And also, um, my microphone, the like little um, spit pad, I don't know what you call that, uh, it's driving me crazy. And my mic kept spinning, but I seemed to have fixed it. I just kept twisting things. That is my timer to wake up from my nap. <laughs> but I was panic-stricken mid-nap because I was like, oh, it's Monday and I have a podcast tomorrow. So we're doing that. Um, one of these days, I'll remember to record it um, prior to it being a few hours before it goes up. My cats are hissing at each other. That is enough, everyone. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Standing up on your back legs like that. It's freaking weird. Not meerkats. Get out. Get out. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, anyway. Um, this this week's episode is, um, I don't know. A few days ago, I was like, wow, this is going to be a dark and deep heavy one. Um, but really, the only reason that I thought that was because I have had a very deep and dark week. Um, and I'm terrible, terrible, terrible at talking about it. Um, and you see, um, <clears throat> we're just going to dive right into it. Um, so as I've mentioned in previous episodes, um, I struggle with depression and I noticed that it was something that happens for me when I was about 14. I don't know why I'm talking like a robot. Um, when I was about 14, I um, started having some identity crises, and I actually have never talked about this on the internet before, and I made a decision right now, right here in this moment, that I'm going to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I grew up um, going to church with my parents and was doing all of the Southern Baptist things. Um and Southern Baptists get a bad rap, um, and normally I like to be in on the joke, but, um, uh, cause I enjoy 
dark and offensive humor, but um, in all seriousness, I think that um, everyone is entitled to what they believe. And, um, you know, it's, I, if it makes you happy and it is pointing you in a positive direction for society and for others and, uh, for your personal growth and fulfillment, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's wonderful and excellent. I, religion is wonderful in that way. Um, I I do not want to offend people, but this is just how I feel. So, you know, if you get offended by other people voicing their opinions very easily, you might want to check out on this one and tune back in next week for something else. Um, But this is just my perspective. This is what I decided that uh, made the most sense to me. Um, I'm so sorry this is all over the place. I get really insecure about that in every single one of my podcasts. Um... But, yeah, so I was just, I grew up doing that. Southern Baptists get a bad rap for being, like, you know, holier than thou. But, really, it was, like, an overall decent church experience. I mean, like, the pastor would get up there and talk for an hour, and then we would leave. Well, actually, they would do music. They would do, like, four or five songs. And, oh, my God, my cats are destroying my house. Why do they do this every time? It's like I start speaking and they just lose it. Can you stop, please? Um, anyway, the past uh, four or five songs, pastor gets up there, talks, and we're out for lunch. And, um, so it was wonderful. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, my parents are really into it and, um, I love them dearly for it. And I respect that that is what they believe. But, um, I just always kind of felt like in church that I didn't didn't really feel what everybody was talking about. (laughs) Um, and I feel like that sounds awful to people that are religious listening, but like, I just, I tried really, really hard. I really did. Um, I went to camps. I went to get togethers. I went to, um, church or youth groups and I went to church every Sunday, Sundays and Wednesdays. I was at the church and, um, I was best friends with a preacher's daughter so I had lots of influence. I had all of my questions waiting and willing to be answered um, by her dad. And um, just about the time, because I, I distinctly remember once I was in like sixth grade and I was just so disappointed in myself because I didn't feel like a good enough Christian. And um, I just remember I was like putting my books in my locker and I was like, you've got to get better. You've got to dedicate yourself to God and you've got to get good at this. And I just like felt so bad about myself. And I just look back on little sixth grade Jill like, girl, it's okay. It's all right. You're fine. Um, and then I kind of just internalized all of that. And then about the time I was, um, I'm going to murder a small kitten. I'm, I'm not because I love them, but oh my God, please stop. Um, about the time that I turned 14... I hope that you guys can hear them sprinting. That is ridiculous. I hate that. Um, maybe they'll stop. Uh, and I'll stop talking about it. It's probably equally annoying. Seffy, jeez, dude. Good lord. Um, about the time that I was fourteen, that was when I entered my freshman year of high school, and I, um, it kind of hit me that um, there are other things out there. So, um, I think that was about the time that I found Tumblr (laughs) and, um, I started, um, looking into other religions. At first I was like, Buddhism sounds good. Hinduism sounds good. 
atheism that's the one i'm alternative and hormonal and rebelling that's the one and um wow i can see the uh the little voicey thing it's like a heart monitor i don't know what to call that frequency that voice crack that was off the charts um anyway um and i i just decided that i was an atheist for a little while um and then i stumbled upon deism and I had a teacher tell me this handy little metaphor once to explain deism for the layman. Um, essentially, it's uh, there is a clockmaker, aka a deity or a god, if you will. Um, the clockmaker makes a clock, aka us, a creation. And um, then after the clock's been made, you don't really need a clockmaker. Except for maybe occasional tune-ups. Um, theists don't really believe in revealed religion. Like, um, God has revealed himself to us in the Christian religion, allegedly. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't really know about all the books and stuff. Because I'm like, which one's right? I don't really know if any of that makes any sense. Um, the, it's just all of the worshipping and following this and that and all of, like, it just, it doesn't click with me. I don't feel that pull, um, or the necessity for that. Um, and, uh, it's, I've compared it this way and I'm not sure if it's a fair comparison. Feel free to shoot me an email at jetrealpodcast at gmail.com. If, uh, this is an unfair analogy, but I find that it makes sense to a lot of people that I explain it to because I don't have, I have one friend who does not believe everybody else is a devout Christian in my life. And, um, it's, it's difficult. And, um, just about every boy that I've dated is also a devout Christian. And, um, that is the wonder of growing up in Arkansas is, uh, everybody believes the same thing, but, um, that's great for them. It creates a sense of community, a sense of belonging, direction. You're all believing in the same thing. It's super commonality. Like it just, everybody has something to start talking about and I don't have that. So it's a little bit more challenging for me, but you know, what was me? I think my favorite thing in the world is when I'm talking about something and I'm trying to make a point and then I totally lose my train of thought because I've skipped to seven different topics um, that just happened. But thankfully this is recorded so I can go back and listen to what I was saying. The point I was trying to make is that to me, um, when I have explained it to um, my friends who are Christians, um, I'm like, okay, so take this for example. Do you remember choosing to be straight? And they say, no. Um, or do you remember choosing to be gay? And they say, no. I say, it's like that for me. And just because that may not be the way you lean or that's not what you believe, this it's as clear as that for me. It's as clear as I am straight. Uh, this is what I believe. I can't change it. I don't know how to change it. I have done everything in my power, I believe, to change it. Um, because I felt very alone and very much like an outsider for a long time. And um, in a past relationship, I was broken up with because um, this individual wanted to quote-unquote grow through God together. And um, yeah, I can't, I can't help you with that. <laughs> um, uh, I, if you want to do that, more power to you. I will not stand in your way. But, um, I can't do that with you, um, because it's, I just don't believe. And I told, compromised myself, I told this individual that I would try, because <laughs> I'm stupid, I'm a dumb girl, please don't do what I did, um, 
and I bought books that I never read, but I did watch a lot of videos, a lot of Jesus-y talks about how um, there's lots of evidence that God is real, etc., etc. Nothing um, really made me change my mind. I was like, mm, maybe, but that's kind of how I feel about all of it. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Um, uh, part of me wants to undermine my intelligence and say that I am stupid and I don't know, um, which is true, <laughs> but um, I feel like I'm an intelligent enough person. I really spent a long time uh, looking into all of it, and um, I I just, I tried really hard to fit the mold. It is not... Um, it's not something that I wanted. I, like, you know, I went through a phase where I was like, I'm an atheist, blah, blah. but, like, I was like, I don't, I think it's just, it would be just as ignorant for me to say, I know for a 110% fact that there is no God as it would for me to be saying that there is a God because I just don't know from, like, me. I don't. Some people, they do. I'm one of my friends knows there's a God. My parents know there's a God. Like, I don't. I don't, like, it's just not the knowledge that I have. That's not been my experience in life. And that is a-okay. And, like, I have no problem with religion whatsoever. Um, if anything, my problem with it is that I don't fit into it. <laughs> I just, like, that's not, not what I believe. Um, but uh, I think that it, like I said, it offers a great sense of community, of belonging, of commonality. It offers explanations. It offers hope. It offers guidance, etc., etc. Religion has a lot of wonderful things. Um, like anything in life, it also has its drawbacks and cons. But um, not here to dog religion. I just wanted to explain that this um, is likely the origins of what triggered my depressive experiences. Um, so anyway, uh, we're circling back to that. Yes, indeed. Um, so. Um, about 14 is about when I realized and started going through my religious identity journey. And, um, I was really, really depressed because it isolated the fork out of me and my friends. Um, see, we're still not comfortable swearing. I, I warped it. I'm sorry. Um, I just want, I just want to be able to talk normally, but I'm so scared for the internet. Um, but it just, it really isolated me because all of my friends were like that in high school and they all believed in God, the Christian God. And I was like, I don't know about this guys. And then I was just that weird dark girl that like didn't. <laughs> and, um, I remember telling people in high school when I got more confident about it and I was like more secure in myself, I was like, yeah, I don't believe. And they would be like, Oh no. And I was like, I, my dog didn't die. It's just, that's what I believe in. Like you believe the sky is blue. I happen to agree with you. You believe in a God. I happen to disagree. It's fine. Like, I, I, and I get it because I know from a Christian perspective that there's the like, yeah, uh, you're not going to go to heaven with me, but I don't, that's just not the, the reality that I'm living in. You know, I mean, not, I don't know which one is the quote unquote correct reality, but in my reality, I'm not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven. It's just, I don't know what happens after. It just ends, I guess. I don't know. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's a heaven. Maybe there's an afterlife. Maybe it's purgatory. Maybe there's nothing. I don't know. I cannot tell you. That is because I do not have a handy-dandy little book that tells me the answers to these things. Um, and 
uh, I wish that there was, and I did believe in the handy-dandy books, because then all my questions would be answered, and I wouldn't have to have existential crises regularly. Crises. That's a burp. Just for you. Tasted like popcorn. Hmm. And, uh, so, anyway, that little identity crisis, um, was a huge, huge pivot point for me, and, um, it's, I started to get, like, really intellectual (laughs) at that point, because, um, I lost all of my friends, uh, in high school, and that's so funny, because I just, I know that, um, those of you that were, like, with me on Instagram at that point had no idea any of that was going on. I've always been super open and honest on Instagram, but only about horror stuff, never about, like, what I'm going through, and anytime I made a post about, like, me going through something mental, all the comments were like, you're so brave but like it's just it's just human existence I think we all have different levels of suffering and existing and um you know I just I never wanted to talk about it and um also uh during that time my parents were unaware and I was just going to church because I was really really terrified of disappointing them and um I didn't think that they would, like, reject me or send me to brainwash camp or anything like that. They're not those kind of people. Um, but I just, I didn't want them to look at me differently. Um, and, um, I don't know. I just didn't want to disappoint them. I've kind of been that way my whole life. I just don't, don't like disappointing people. I'm a people pleaser through and through, and we are working on that in therapy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it really felt like it set me apart. It was super isolating. Like I said, I only had one friend, um, that did not believe and everyone else in my entire life did. And, um, it was just kind of a topic that we never talked about. And when my parents would say things about it, I'd just be like, "Mm, yep. (laughs) And, um, just tried to avoid church functions at all costs. And, um, not because, um, like, I was just like, oh, I hate this so much. It was just like, I felt weird. It felt like, um, oh God, I can't even think of an analogy. Just like, I don't know. I just felt like a fish out of water. I was like, I just don't belong here. Like, I feel like a fraud. Everyone here, like, is on the same page and is so full of, like, vibey, lovey, God praises that. And I just, I don't feel like that. I just, I feel like this is strange. I don't want to be here. <laughs> this is not where I belong. Um, so, yeah, that was all of that triggered the, I, I really can't remember, um, being depressed before then. Um, I'm sure if I thought about it, maybe there were a few instances, but I think that's what, um, quote unquote triggered the disorder if I had to take a stab at that. Um, and then from then on, it was like months at a time of just like void (laughs) and, Um, so that's kind of what I really wanted to talk about, um, on this episode, and I'm sorry that I rabbit-holed into the, um, into the religion stuff, but I realized that I've never talked about that, and I did want to make that, um, more clear, because, um, I don't know, I wonder that about people a lot, I wonder what they believe, and I find it interesting, so I think it's nice to hear someone else's side, I mean, um, if you guys want to know more about what I believe, I can talk about it at greater length at some point, um, But I mean, essentially, it's just, I don't, I don't know. And it doesn't particularly bother me that I don't know. Um, I just try to live my life as a good person. Um, I want to make other people happy. I want to help people. I want to play with ponies and learn as much as I can in this life and um, be fulfilled and help others. And that's, I don't know, I live by my moral compass. A lot of them 
a lot of my morality and my values are derived from Christian values because that's how I was raised. Um, but I did some reflecting on them and decided which ones I wanted to keep and which ones I don't really care about. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, but as far as my experience with depression, we don't call it my depression or I am depressed. We don't say those things because then you identify with depression and you are not your disorder. Um, um, but it's just therapy tricks. I don't know. I'm, I'm discrediting it. Um, I'm not meaning to, I just, like I said earlier, I have a difficult time sometimes talking about things that are, uh, vulnerable and deeply emotional. And, um, that is also leading into another thing that has been occurring recently, but we have to, we have to, uh, explain some things first. So anyway, started dealing with depression, dealt with it a lot in high school, just months at a time of like, really just not feeling life. I just, um, was at some really low points and, um, I mean, it was never anything, um, that was life-threatening or anything like that. Never, um, self-harmed or anything like that. I just, I just didn't feel good. Um, I mean, like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like a bit invalid in calling it depression. Um, but that's, it is what it is. (laughs) Um, we have, discussed it endlessly in therapy, but, um, everyone's experience with it is different. Um, a lot of people have trouble getting out of bed or, um, doing the things that they need to get done, which is a new development in my current experience with it. Um, cause when I was younger, I was always able to just get my things done anyway, because I had to, like, I really didn't have a choice. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just was always able to just push through anyway, despite how I was feeling. If anything, it was a nice distraction from how I was feeling. Um, but, um, I'll try to explain it the best I can. Um, how it feels when I am depressed, um, is just kind of like, I don't know, this is the way I've always explained it. It's like there is, um, I feel it like almost physically sometimes too. Please don't write me off as a crazy person. It's, it's an actual, <laughs> an actual thing. Um, like, I don't know. I just kind of visualize it, I guess, by thinking that like my belly button region, hang with me. Um, like down there is like just an empty void, like pointless, hopeless, awful feeling. Like it's just, it eats me alive. I don't like it. I hate it. And it's just, it sits there and it's like a base of a pyramid. And then every good or bad experience that happens throughout my day, my week, whatever, piles on top of it into a pyramid. And it doesn't matter how good it is or how bad it is, there's just that empty, gross feeling below it. And it just feels like that's ground zero. Whereas when I'm not depressed, that physical feeling is gone. I don't know if that's just my brain's way of conceptualizing it or what, but that happens. I visualize it like that. Um... Ooh, a little bit of a burp. Maybe that's like synesthesia. Oh my God, am I cool? Is it synesthesia? Can it be? Uh, anyway, um, but it, I don't know. It just, it feels like that. And um, so it, it just, it doesn't matter like how good or excited or happy I am about something. It's like I can't feel it all the way because I'm depressed. And um I can hear my therapist yelling at me for just saying I'm depressed. (laughs) She doesn't yell, but that's how I describe her. (laughs) Leave me alone. Um, anyway, so there, there's that. And, um, you know, I dealt with it a lot on and off. And then I got to a really good place about after I hit 18. 
when I turned 18, I really stopped dealing with it, um, until I turned about 20, I think, and then it came back pretty hard. Um, uh, you know, I discussed a little bit, uh, in the previous episodes of our little revamp here that I went through a pretty rough relationship, which I may or may not talk about in the future. Um, I'm nervous to talk about that because I don't want, um, anything to come of listeners potentially reaching out to this person because that would not be great. Um, I don't want to cause problems. Um, but that relationship was really, really hard on me, um, in a lot of ways. Um, it's just a lot of on and off, um, ness and I never knew really, never really knew where I stood. And, um, that just anxiety ate me alive and the breakups hit me really hard. And then when we would get back together, um, it was just kind of like an interictal period. Like I was just waiting for the next breakup and they came every three months, like clockwork. It was ridiculous. I hated it. Um, and it just, it made me sick and I, it it was so bad. And, but obviously those episodes were, um, like situation related or situational, I guess. Um, more so than like, I don't know why this is happening. Um, which is sort of pretty much what I experienced all of high school. Um, and then, um, we officially, like, finished whatever at the beginning of last semester, and, um, I was, like, fine grieving, but, like, everything felt pretty normal, and then after, um, after I kind of, like, was, like, okay, I accepted it, then, um, I just got really really, really, really depressed. And I think it had kind of been building for a minute because of a lot of different factors, um, like losing interest in social media and, um, and horses and just overall kind of burnout in general, overall kind of in general, you know, (laughs) just annoyed at the way I'm talking. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it is situational, um, if it's just because of the things that have been happening. Does that make sound? No, it doesn't. Um, you probably heard that, but I wasn't sure if it was my talking that made that loud bump. Okay, it's fine. Um, anyway, um, I, I don't know. I can't ask my brain, um, to diagnose me via the DSM, (laughs) um, whether it's situational or just, um, depressive mood disorder. Um, but I, I don't know. I had since like end of August, I have just like been in this weird, weird, weird funk. And, um, it's like, I can't read it really well. It's just, it like, usually I'm able to be like, I am in a depressive episode right now but this too shall pass. It will get better and I will stop feeling like this. And then that happens and then it does. And then I do. <laughs> and, um, so this time it just feels rockier. I'm sure because, um, maybe it's just like a, like kind of a seasonal one as well. Um, I don't know. I'm just shooting in the dark here. Um, and, uh, then also there's the environmental factors. Like I just went through a really rough breakup and, um, I'm not really thrilled with my living situation and the direction I'm going, blah, blah, blah. Could be a lot of different factors. Um, but, um, 
I don't know. It, it just, it feels like I can't put my finger on any one thing that's like, this is why. I remember when I was younger, um, when I was in like high school or something, I, um, I just like broke down one day in front of my parents because we like got into some stupid argument and um, I was like, I'm depressed. And my dad was like, what do you have to be depressed about? You have a horse. We do everything we can for you. How can you say that? And from his perspective, it was me being an ungrateful child and being like, yo, <laughs> like do more for me. Um, and, but I, 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 and it might have been the context that threw him, but that's not what I meant. Um, and my parents are absolutely incredible in everything that they do for me. They have been endlessly supportive. And um, to touch on the religion thing, I did end up telling both of them how I feel. And while, of course, they were like, believe what we believe, they were also like, we still love you. I mean, like, you do you, but also fix that eventually. <laughs> um, which is fine. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do in that religion anyway. Um, but Prague's not gonna. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh so yeah I just I remember it being like or my dad just being like what how why are you why could you possibly be depressed and I was like I don't know that's kind of the point <laughs> and that's how I feel right now like I just I don't know it could just be a lot of stuff um but it's not one of those things um that is just like a quick fix and if you're listening to this podcast and you say hey dude just think positive thoughts stop being so negative or cynical or stop focusing on all the things that are going wrong in your life then to you i say you have probably never experienced depression um because um and not to justify it like listen i am in therapy and homegirl is studying to be a therapist so i arguably know more than the average person about this and um have therefore tried to implement all of those practices, um, on myself. And to some degree, I think it just has to run its course. Um, it feels like a virus that just has to get out. And it, that's how it has been every time when I was in high school, before I knew all the things that I did now, I just, I always knew like it has to stop at some point. It can't be like this forever. This too shall pass. However you want to phrase it. Um, and it did, it always, it always ended. And I just held on to that and it was like, I guess I'll just wait until I feel better. And then all of a sudden one day I would wake up and I wouldn't have that feeling in the pit of my stomach anymore. And I would just be fine. And then I could feel the high highs and the low lows and just never felt like blank. And, um, this time that is kind of how it feels. And, um, the thing about depression is that you can, um, you can really try and I do still, um, and I try my hardest throughout the day to, um, reaffirm myself, be positive, focus on the good things. Like just, I sometimes just take a moment and I'm like, think about three good things that are going on right now. Say something good about today. Say something good about that person. Focus on something you like. Find something around you that you can appreciate. Think about something you love. Like, I have to force myself to do that because just throughout the day, like, I just, like, the other night, um, this is an example that hopefully will help clarify this. I had spent all day with my best friend and I was watching, um, her boyfriend play basketball and um I went to dinner with her and his family and we all had a grunt a grunderful wonderful time grand great wonderful time and um we were all laughing and um 
I drove home crying <laughs> because I just could not shake the thoughts that were in my head. And it, it's just, it's, I don't know. Um, I don't, it's hard to explain because, um, and I explained it to her and she was like, it just blows my mind. Cause I have no idea how you could think that. And this is what happens or this is what did happen. I'll give you a play by play. So, um, I get in my car and, um, just emotionally exhausted and drained and was like, cause I'm an introvert, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't think most people that are in internet presence are. Um, but I am very, very drained by interactions with people. And as much as I love it, you know, and I need it, um, it drains me. It doesn't energize me like it does for extroverts. Um, for those curious also, um, that is the difference. There is no such thing as an ambivert. You cannot be an introverted extrovert, etc. Um, you can be an introvert who does like to hang out with people, but if you are more drained, find yourself feeling more tired and needing some alone time, you're probably an introvert. If you are energized and excited and outgoing all the time, then you're probably an extrovert. Um, I am an introvert and I love hanging out with people. I love my people. I like going to parties. I like going to concerts and social events, but I'm very tired after and I probably need a breather after it. Um, anyway, that's a tangent because that irritates me when people say that because um, I was one of those people. Fix it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, what were we talking about? Okay, um, so I'm driving home. I've had this like wonderful afternoon with everybody and um, I just the thoughts just were like assaulting me, just like popping into my head. Like, uh, nobody wants to hang out with you. They don't like you. Um, you're not good enough. You can't, um, you can't be the person that you want to be around them. You're failing. You're not good enough. They don't like you. They don't want you anymore. And I was like, like, (laughs) like those are really intense, hurtful thoughts. And it was like, they just like kept coming and it, and I don't know how to describe it other than I was just like sitting there like, that's not true. That's not true. Every time something like that popped in my head, I was like, you know, that's not true. You are not thinking that. Like it just kept popping into my head. Kind of like, you know, there's a word for it, but I don't know it. Um, like when you're driving your car and don't think that I'm like suicidal. I'm not, <laughs> but like, there's a word for this. Like when you're driving and you're like, I could jerk the steering wheel right now. I'm not gonna, but I could like, that's kind of how it, And you're like, where did that come from? Like, I'm good, but why am I thinking that? And that, um, that's how it felt. Like, it's just ridiculously hurtful thoughts that I'm thinking to myself and I don't believe them. And, um, I didn't in the moment too. And that was the crazy part because they kept hitting me and I was like, I, that's not true. You're fine. Like you are good. You like those people. They like you. They wouldn't have invited you if they didn't like you you know, people get tired and you're tired and it's been a long day. You're okay. And I just had to like completely reassure myself as I'm like bawling my eyes out driving home because I just can't stop my brain. And, um, so, I mean, that's kind of how depression feels. It's you think positively, but these awful debilitating thoughts just pop into your head. Just like mine are normally centered around, um, worth, like whether I'm worthless or not doing enough or not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Cause self-esteem has always been a fun thing for me. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's been something that I have had to deal with and have had to work through and, um, I'm still dealing with it right now. And, um, 
you know, I was talking to a good friend of mine recently and, um, she was like, I haven't had a chance to listen to your podcast in a while. Um, how are you doing? And I was like, honestly, I sound a lot happier than I am in the podcast. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe it's something about like sitting alone in my room or I'm used to filming where I put on like a face or a show or whatever. But, um, uh, and she was like, don't we all, you know, people that tend to deal with depression, we all end up putting on a happy face. Um, you know, to not come off weird or different from everyone else. That's probably the selfish reason behind it, but also to not like bother people or make them pity us, et cetera. I mean, like, I don't know. I just, but I do think it is important to understand it. That's why I am talking about it. I don't want anybody to be worried or, um, like be like, Oh my God, you're gonna hurt yourself. I'm, I'm good. (laughs) I am in therapy. I have a professional, professional handling me. Um, I'm not concerned. I know that this is something that I go through and I know that I will get through it. Um, but I do think that it's important to talk about it, um, because they are dark and scary thoughts and, um, it is so, so, so liberating to talk about it and, um, have other people say, yep, me too. Um, because, uh, and you know, um, naturalist words, I guess. Um, we're all social creatures. We all want to belong and feel normalized, um, in whatever way you define that. Um, but I, I know that every time I've ever posted about going through a hard time when people empathize, it, it means the world. And, um, it makes me feel so much better about where I'm at. Um, you know, like, not that I'm like, okay, yeah, everybody else is going through this. I should stay here. This is cool. This is normal. It's not like that. It's more like, okay, yeah, I'm okay while I'm here, but I do still want to get out of this. And, um, also I feel like a lot of other people feel that way. So then when they listen to this podcast, they're like, oh, okay, cool. That is a normal experience. Those are normal things that I'm having. Um, but I do have to recommend, um, therapy also, um, because there's no way that I would be in the place that I am right now without therapy. Um, because, uh, depression is a hard, hard thing, dude. Um, it takes a lot out of you. Like things that, cause like I, when I first moved up here, I was getting up at like 6am going out, riding three horses then heading to my 10am class, then coming back, riding another horse and then going to an, like a three o'clock class. Like, I was just so on top of everything, and um, then I would film, I would edit videos all night, I would do all my homework, like, I was just, just a beast, and everyone was, like, just, like, how on earth is your work ethic that kick-ass, and uh, now I feel like a complete waste of space because I can barely get any of the things done that I need to get done done, and um, I don't know if I, that was too many done's probably, um, dun 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 <laughs> see what I did there um <laughs> but like working with Zoe and wanting to do the podcast and needing to do my homework which I still haven't done um t- mostly because it's a book about Santana of Mexico and uh it's really boring and I don't want to read it so but it's due in two days so I will be spending the duration of tomorrow reading that lovely little book um so that should be a lot of fun since I'm procrastinating that right now, but this is more important because this gets money in my pocket. Um, I am going to take a sip of water because holy, my mouth is dry. Okay, we are refreshed. 
Ooh, tried to have a water burp. Didn't work. Dropped the lid. It's fine. Um, anyway, so, um, the, where I've been at lately, um, and why the past couple of days have been so rough, um, is because I have, A, been depressed since about August, and, um, it's been really hard on me to, like, want to get up and do stuff, but I force myself to because I cannot just lay in bed all day. That's the ADHD that plays well with the <laughs> depression. I can't just sit in bed all day. Um, I, it will eat me alive. I'm far too restless for that. Um, but, uh, I just have this underlying feeling of like dread and not wanting to do anything, but knowing that I need to, and also a deep understanding of psychology that that's laying in bed is not going to be productive and I have to do it. Um, and yeah, and then um, if you guys have been listening chronologically, you'll know that in the first couple of episodes, I was raving about my wonderful new love interest. And um, if you follow me and or stalk me on Instagram, you likely have noticed that those pictures are gone and my Facebook status is once again single. Um, and I decided that that was in the best interest of me. And I'm going to be completely upfront with you guys right now. The, the guy I was dating, um, absolutely amazing, wonderful human. He is one of the sweetest guys I have ever met. He genuinely had my best interest at heart and was just like, I, whatever you need, I'm here for you. He was so understanding, so compassionate and just like, so ready to do whatever. Um, but I was not there. Um, I don't know if it is the depression that's playing the biggest role or what, but I just, I wasn't on the same page that he was on. He was feeling a lot stronger for me than I was for him. And, uh, that absolutely tore me apart. I felt so guilty about it for like just days and weeks, if we're being honest. Um, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel right about it. I felt like I was leading him on and that I was going to hurt him. And, um, finally I just talked to him and I was like, look, I just, I don't feel like I can do this right now. Like it's just not fair. You deserve to be with somebody who can give you everything and who is ready to be in love again. And I just, I don't think that's me. I think it's too soon. And, um, I, it's, this is so complicated to explain because I don't want to go on about it for um, forever, but, um, I do want to touch on it because I think it's really important. Um, I am not, I don't believe that I'm still in love with my ex or like, I definitely don't want to get back in that relationship whatsoever. Um, and, um, but I think that the mental state that I'm in right now is just too guarded, um, to even try and feel anything right now. Um, and I just found myself wishing, um, when I was, uh, in that most recent relationship, I was just like, I kind of just wish that I was on my own. I kind of just want to focus on school and getting back in touch with the horses. And, um, you know, I just want to get back to me. Um, you know, right before I met, um, the last one, I just, I don't like using names on here. It feels weird. Um, right before I met him, I, um, I started to feel better for a few days and, um, my therapist always says that, like, you attract the people 
to the state that you're in and the things that you're desiring. And at the time I was desiring love and compassion and uh, closeness with someone. And I finally started feeling better. So I attracted somebody who was attracted to people who were in a good mental place and, um, and who was um, receptive to love and compassion and closeness. And that is exactly what I got. Um, uh, somebody who was willing and more than ready to give everything they had. And it just, it, it, that just absolutely broke my heart because I, I'm so not there. I just, I feel devoid at the moment and I just, I want to be with my animals and, um, I like, I'm not <laughs> to be a person that's like, I like animals more than people, but like, I just, I don't know. I just want to spend time, um, getting back to who I am and, um, it's very complicated and hard to do when you're working with, um, someone else's schedule and having to think about them, answer them and, uh, make plans with them all the time. Um, it's much easier to just, you know, do you when it's just you. Um, and we're still friends. We're still close. We ended on good terms. Um, and, um, I just think that that was the most fair thing that I could do. Um, I just, it it really just didn't feel right to be in that relationship because I know he was so much, uh, more prepared to give all of himself to me and, um, I'm not there. And, um, beyond that, um, our personalities are a little bit different. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm someone who really likes to like go out and adventure and do a lot of things. I am a nature person through and through. I never really knew that I was until I moved out here and, um, kind of was like too afraid to go explore by myself. And then my friend, uh, here, um, she doesn't like to hike. Um, we walked a trail once and she said, oh my God, I'm never doing this again. And I said, it was level ground. This is hardly a trail. Um, there are no inclines. (laughs) And she said, I'm never doing this again. And I said, um, okay. So we never do it again. (laughs) Um, um, but, um, I just, I've really been craving some, like getting in touch with nature and grounding and just appreciating nature because I I'm an artist and we appreciate the weird things like that um it's like the colors and the trees and what things look like in the morning time versus evening time and how animals move and interact with the world and etc etc energy blah 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 and so um yeah I don't know I just I I miss doing all of that and um that's gonna become one of my priorities here soon um you know once I get my freaking stupid Mexican Santa or Santana it's spelled like Santa Ana but apparently it's pronounced Santana um once I gotta get that read but then after then I will be beginning um my journey into myself (laughs) um but uh I I feel like I'm just doing a lot of things I can I spent um last semester doing new things, challenging myself, pushing myself. Um, and I think that it's now time to apply the things that I learned and, um, uh, attempt to reignite my passion and the things that I love. Um, like working with my horse, I really, really miss working with Zoe, like a lot. It, every time I think about it, it hurts. Like it physically hurts my chest. Um, 
and I miss I miss that so 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 much and so I'm gonna start working towards that goal again um but yeah that's kind of where I'm at went through another breakup <laughs> just recently that one didn't hurt very bad I mean it, it did it hurt because I I wasn't able to offer him uh, what I wanted so badly to be able to offer, but I, I'm just, I'm not in a place and I am not entirely sure that we're compatible. Um, I would have loved to have given it a longer shot, but I'm just, I can't, I can't give anything else. I am using all of the emotional bandwidth and energy that I have to keep myself afloat. I cannot support somebody else right now. <laughs> um, and he was giving too much for me too. I mean, it's just, it, it wasn't good. Um, and I just saw that ending badly and I didn't want to, um, hurt him or, um, make us not be friends. So, um, that is that situation and something really awful also happened, um, a few days ago that also contributed to that situation where I drove home very, very sad. Um, so I'll tell in story, uh, mode, I was sitting on my couch, um, doing some form of homework when I heard um the wolfhounds we have uh three Irish wolfhounds um in a little paddock well it used to be a paddock I don't know that there's grass in there anymore because of the dogs um but they're in there and they have like a little shelter and everything but um in the past two actually three kittens have gotten in with them it's a very high fence I don't know why they insist on climbing in there but they have and unfortunately two have died um, it's a horrible, horrible situation and it hurts me and it hurts my boss and it hurts everybody who works here and is so in love and in like attached to the animals. But, um, unfortunately there isn't really anything we can do. Um, I mean, we've built the fences higher, we've reinforced the bottom of it and, um, like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's also not my call, so don't come at me for that. Um, but, uh, we, uh, three kittens have gotten in there. We lost two. One ended up living. Um, but so I ha naturally am on guard <laughs> when I hear those dogs making sounds. And I heard, um, one of them, or I heard them all like just yelping and howling and barking. And I was like, oh shit, what is going on? And so I just like run outside in my bra and sweatpants. And, um, I see, um, our great Pyrenees, Gracie, um, and this black lab that like showed up a few days prior. And we all said, we were all like, he seems like a sweet dog, but he's like, you know, we don't know how he is around cats, but he hadn't chased any of the cats. He was being really good with all of them. And, um, so we just figured that he was like another Gracie and wasn't going to do anything. And, um, then, but I heard the wolfhounds and I went outside and Gracie and this black dog were, um, they had, um, my favorite kitten. His name was Scorpio. He came with his brother or his two sisters, Gemini and Pisces. Yes, I named them because I'm that girl. <laughs> well, we, all of our cats are have theme names. Um, but they got dropped off um, by some people a while back because they just had some kittens or they found them and were like, we don't know what to do with them. And we're like, we'll take them. Um, but Scorpio was a little orange and white kitty like my Wallace, who is currently sitting on my lap, who has chilled out, chilled right out, and, um, 
I loved that little thing. He was so sweet. And um, as you can tell by my past tense and somber tone, um, they were going after him and I screamed at them so loudly that it scared Zoe and Amber, who were in the paddock, um, that they were fighting in front of. Um, the dog fight didn't scare them, but me yelling did. And um, the dogs took off and I went over to Scorpio and I'm like shaking and panicking. And he climbed up the fence and I he let me grab him and I took him into the barn. And I set him down on the concrete to like look at him. And uh, he didn't have any puncture wounds or anything like that. Um, but I put him on the ground and it's concrete and he like went to get his belly as close to the ground as he could, you know, kind of like dogs do when they're really hot. And I was like, it's like 40 degrees outside. This is not good. And they started panting and he vomited and started defecating a lot. And, um, I called my boss and she was like, she was like, I can't afford another vet bill. And, um, it just keep an eye on him. If he gets much worse then we can try, but, um, and he ended up dying. So, um, the dog got rehomed. We found a home for the dog. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, Scorpio did not make it, um, which it just sucks. I mean, we have so many animals out here. Just, it, it's hard to understand um, when you're not in the situation. But, like, we've had a horse die this year. She was in her, like, 40s, though. I mean, she was really, really old. Um, really old mare. Um, and we had a foal die that just had this... I don't know what was wrong with her. I, I think it was... It had to be a genetic disorder. Um, our vet ran every test that he could on her. And her back legs just refused to stop swelling to the point where she couldn't walk on them anymore. And she just... She just couldn't take it anymore. Also, I think her heart was like way larger than it should have been or something. I don't really remember all the details, but she died this year. We've had two kittens die. I had to, um, rehome Myla cause she killed another one last year. And, um, uh, we had a, the other wolfhounds, the older ones, those passed and, um, they were really old though. Um, but it just, it seems like it's just a constant cycle of, just, I mean, life happens. I mean, dogs will be dogs. <laughs> cats will be cats climbing in with the dogs. Old horses die. Young horses can have problems. I mean, like, and for the record, my boss is a responsible breeder. She does check those things before. It's just a freak accident. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it sucks. It really, really does. And being surrounded by that all the time is really, really hard on me also. Um, because uh, if there's one thing I care about, it's animals. And I I love animals. And seeing them hurt and or dying or dead is like one of the most painful things, I think. Um, it just it hurts a lot. And so that happened the other day. And I uh, didn't mean to really talk about that at that great length. But... Um, I really, I really love that little kitten, and now he's gone, and, um, just irresponsible choices made. We should have found a home for the dog sooner, because we didn't know him. Um, could have brought the cat into my house. I thought about doing that, um, because I loved him, and I did not want him to die, and it seems like we are cursed <laughs> when it comes to dogs and cats. Um, so, I mean, it just, 
I don't know. That also did not help the other day. Um, so it's been a, it's been a rough week. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, God, I don't want to end on that note. Um, let's find something else to talk about. I can wrap it up. Um, uh, positive things to say. So on the topic of religion, I think that if you are in a situation where you are not entirely sure about what you believe, or this is something that I always like to, um, talk to people about. And, um, like if, if you've just always followed, um, you know, what you've been told is the truth, um, question it and not from a state of like, "Mm, I don't believe in the religion that I grew up in. So you shouldn't either. I don't care what you believe in. You can believe that the sky is purple and we are ruled by sky cats. And I would be like, that's freaking dope. How do I get what you're taking? (laughs) Um, but, uh, my point is that make sure it's what you believe. You know, I'm, I'm very of the mind that, um, we should have choices and, um, you should know who you are. And I think knowing who you are offers, um, a lot more availability for opportunity and choices in your life. And I feel like if you just blindly follow, then, um, then you're really limiting yourself. So even if you look inward or outward or look elsewhere and you find that you still believe what you've always believed, cool, you've strengthened your faith. But if not, then you've learned something about yourself. And I think that it's, um, I think that that's the most important thing in life, um, is to know thyself, um, you know, and then in doing so you can help other people and connect better with other people if you truly know what's going on inside you. Um, but that would be my fascination with psychology showing. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so religion just, just make sure it's what you believe and, um, you're doing it for, um, the right reasons, whatever definition or whatever that means to you. Um, and it's okay to believe something that a lot of other people don't. It's hard. It's difficult, but, um, I think that it's even harder to deny who you, who you are. Sorry, I burped in the middle of that sentence. I apologize. Um, depression, um, to recap all of that, um, that's, that's where I'm at right now. It sucks. I hate it. I am not happy. It's limiting me. Um, I'm a very go, go, go productive, get everything done. Let's knock it out. Let's feel good about all of this. Um, have 10,000 things going at once kind of person and to not be able to do that, um, is, is a lot. And it's not that I've just decided that I'm this person that can't do those things anymore. Um, I physically can't force myself to at the moment. Um, but I know it'll come back and that is the spirit of, um, depression. It comes in waves. It always ends. And, um, even if it's just for a day, I'll take any reprieve I can get. Ooh, I'm getting tired. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, tips and anything that I have to say about depression really, Um, the biggest thing I can say is, um, try therapy, find a really good therapist in your area. Sometimes it takes a few goes to find somebody that you really connect with. I got really lucky and found, um, someone that I really connect with on, um, a level I did not know was possible. Um, my therapist is an incredible woman. I look up to her in so many ways and, um, she puts up with me. (laughs) Um, 
but it has just been an incredible outlet. It's not one of those like, and how does that make you feel like it's stigmatized? And I don't have anything that I'm aware of that's like inherently wrong, quote unquote, by society standards. Um, I don't have any major disorders or mental illnesses or anything like that, but um, I deal with depression and I am a young adult and I deal with all of the things that inherently come with that. So therapy is something that I have found to be um, immensely helpful. And, um, you know, beyond that, um, like I said, depression comes and goes. It's not a permanent thing. And there's a lot you can do about it. Um, you can challenge yourself, find um, new things in your life that you appreciate, use it as... Um, Use it as, um, like a propeller to learning more about yourself. Cause, um, if there is a benefit to depression, it is a numbing effect. You kind of just like, don't care about judgment or how you feel. Um, at least that's how it works for me. I just get kind of numb to everything and I stop caring. Um, and that can, I try to use that to my advantage, uh, in a lot of situations where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push myself and challenge myself and see what happens, see how I feel about this situation that I normally wouldn't partake in because I'd normally be too anxious or too scared, but I'm going to do it. And then I learn about myself and uh, create new neural pathways. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And in death, uh, that last little topic, I just rip little Scorpy. Rip Kobe, that just happened too. That's freaking crazy. I know way too many basketball people now. Um, it's my best friend dating a basketball player, and I dated a basketball player, and um, so now I know a lot about basketball and, um, seeing how that affected everybody and, um, it's just tragic, tragic, tragic. There's just a lot of stuff going on right now that's just, it's very sad and it, um, it's a little too close, close to the heart. Um, but it, it's life. We have to deal with these things and, um, celebrate the time that we had and the mark that they left on us, I realize that I'm talking about a wildly talented athlete and a very small kitten um, in the same <laughs> idea. But, um, I mean, the the sentiment applies. Um, but, yeah, that just, that I think that is about all I have to say for this episode. I hope um, that I was able to provide some clarity. It does feel really good to be finally honest about where I stand on religion. I used to get asked all the time, but I was always too afraid to answer because I didn't want anybody to be like, oh, you don't believe in God? Without me being able to, like, give my full, um, full stance on it. Um, and like I said, I can go into more depth about what I actually believe and how I came to believe that if you guys are interested in that. But if you're not, then I'm not going to waste my time talking about it. Um, but yeah, just shoot me an email. Let me know what you guys are wanting to listen to. Um, I've read a few of them, but I haven't had quite the time to respond, but I do see them. Um, so yeah, I think that that is about all the energy and time I have for tonight as it is. <laughs> Twelve thirty-five, and I have to take a shower and read a very boring book and drive to Little Rock tomorrow. It's very far away at this point. Um, so I'm gonna sign off. Thank you guys so much for listening uh, to this week's episode of the Jet Real Podcast. You may find me. I'm so burpy and yawny tonight. It's very annoying. 
You can find me on Instagram at jetrealpodcast and at jill.treese. You can find me on Twitter at J-E-T-E-Q-U-I-T-H-E-O-R-Y. That's Jet Equa Theory. Um, I tweet frequently. And um, I'm really trying to figure out how to change that username, but everything is taken. Like jill.treese, jtreese, jettreese, uh, jilltreese, jill underscore treese, all of them taken. It's awful. Um, but Jet Equa Theory is hard for people to spell, but that's also my main horse account on Instagram, so I mean, it's like, whatever. Um, anyway, those are the places that you can find me. You can listen to this podcast every Tuesday, um, and any platform that you would like to listen on, it is likely available. Thank you, as always, for listening to the very end. Um, I appreciate you guys endlessly, and I will see you guys, or you will listen to me next week. (laughs) Okay, bye.